five grown men, grown ass men don't always agree on the same yeah. thing all the time. Sure. So just being open to you know other people's suggestions a lot more, especially living in an RV together for two weeks. Yeah, a lot more tolerant of people's <laughs> body odors body and odors things like sometimes. that. Sometimes. Yeah, that's inside RV joke. Curtis has the worst pair of smelling <laughs> shoes I've ever smelled in my life. Can't help it. Welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes, and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, my friends. It's nice to have a drink with all of you. As always. Likewise. As is tradition. And we're not having to scream over metal bands playing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's happening. So, for those of you that haven't read the uh, episode title today, returning to the show, my friends, the handsome, illustrious, legendary Stone Cold Killer. Make some noise for the internet. What's up, dude? <laughs> Thank you. Legendary even. Wow. Very excited to have you all back. You got some new music that we're going to talk about. And, um, you know, there's plenty of other things that we have to chat about. Oh, yeah. I will say that it's nice to have some brews with you. The last time we recorded, we did not drink. It was a, it was a, it was a sober podcast. It was, it was rough. I I remember being thoroughly hungover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we are having some beers. So we don't need to do this whole backstory thing. You know, we've we've already touched on that. We don't need to do who you are. But I guess if people don't know, you're a rock and roll band from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And that and that, you know, I mean, (laughs) so it's probably been like maybe a year and a half or so since mm-hmm. you were on the show last time. Yeah, it was like summer. A little what, older, a little ago. wiser, yeah. growing hair in weird places. Hell yeah. So what's been going on <laughs> since then? Uh, we've been trying to write some new material. We're trying to put out a full length sometime this year, and we've been doing a little GNR side hustle, a little tribute. Yeah. So that's been fun as well. Hell yeah. yeah. Super cool. So yeah, you, have the, you have the, the release coming out. You're doing a single release. Let's get this out of the way. Just off the top before this goes inevitably off the rails. <laughs> February 15th at Cativo. Yes. Give me the deets. Correct. It's uh, the 15th of Cativo downstairs. And originally the idea was it's Curtis's birthday. Uh-huh. So we don't have a party. And then I'm like, well, fuck it. Let's record a single. We can swear, right? That's cool. Yeah. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I don't know. So I like, just it did. just felt like, like <laughs> so I'm talking in a microphone. It seems so, like it, it's much more professional now, really. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, you know, normal show time, nine o'clock or whatever. And uh, it's going to be us, uh, Limousine Beach, and Horace Mays. And uh, we're like, so we just want to throw a, a Part, birthday party basically for Curtis, and then we're like, "Well, hell, we got working on this new, a couple new tunes. Let's record them." So we did. Now uh, one of one of them is uh, we're going to release called "Program for Love and Destruction." And, and we're trying to do something a little novel. Uh, instead of having, giving out an actual physical copy of the single, we're going to just do download cards and some free swag for anyone in attendance. So you get a limited edition T-shirt if you come out yes, to the show that day. Including we'll even dress you. <laughs> so you know it is 2020 the 
the year of our Lord or whatever. I don't fucking know. And somebody's Lord anyway. And, and we're uh, we're still rocking and rolling, right? Oh, yeah. So we probably touched a little bit on this when we originally talked about you know just trying to be a rock and roll band these days yeah. and what what what's that like um i don't know what's the past year and a half just been like playing shows and shit just doing rock and roll i don't know I, we definitely have gotten like the art first of all just as a band getting tighter and better and more familiar with how you want to actually deliver your set to the audience has goes a long way and you know, I think we've gotten a lot better at that and people have kind of latched on to it. So we're seeing more better attendance, better attendance in shows and more people like, when are you playing next? When are you playing next? Yeah. So, I mean, at least for, I don't know, that's not how you guys, yeah, your experience with it too, but. You know, trying to keep on top of the merch game too, you know, new, new shirt oh, yeah. designs and whatnot always keeps people engaged. Got to keep that merch hustle up. Mm -hmm. I find that, you know, you're a band that likes to have fun and yeah. you're not ashamed to let people know that you like having fun yeah but you still take yourself seriously mm -hmm. as musicians and yeah. that's like it could be a problem though i've found at least like i feel like we've dealt with this in gray walker where it's like sometimes people that have never seen us before don't get it yeah and it's like you I come feel off like as campy it's some, yeah, yeah sure sure yeah. we have fucking joey solak as our drummer you know <laughs> speaking of groundhogs day we basically have a groundhog for a fucking drummer <laughs> and <laughs> and uh you know it's just one of those things yeah. where it's like you know like what's up with the goofy drummer it's, like he could play his ass off yeah and he's exactly. our best what friend care what he, the yeah. fuck do you know like <laughs> he's an insanely good drummer that's what's up with him yeah. oh yeah and by the way he's super entertaining to watch yeah. sorry and he's so, got a leopard print drum set too yeah what the hell and i, I feel win, like win. you know there's a certain uh in the best in the best way possible there's a certain campiness to what stone cold killer does you know oh, yeah. throwback like, no bullshit rock and roll yeah i like to, i i I like to think of it as tongue in cheek, you know. Yeah. It's like tongue in cheek humor and that that kind of like lightheartedness, you know. I mean, that's just like for me personally, it's just kind of my personality. But with so, wit too. Like I will yeah. say, you know, almost all of our songs are a, a double entendre in some way or <laughs> yeah. another, but they're I think they're cleverly delivered. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's hard to walk that line though, because you know, it's it could be very easy to come off as campy and you know, be the next Steel Panther, which is definitely not what we're trying to <laughs> yeah, do. But yeah, it's it's it. definitely not that extreme. Like <laughs> you know, but I also feel like it seems that there's this thing where there's a demographic of people that have just forgotten how to have fun. Yeah. Agreed a thousand percent. And it's yeah. it's like if you're going out to have a night of entertainment, yep. why reject the entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is a solid ass point. Yeah. Like, why on. the fuck are you here then? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, you know. I mean, I you, guess, why did you, you know, not everybody needs... I mean, there are... People like watching sad movies, and I guess uh -huh. people like sad music and things like that. But if you're going to a fucking rock and roll show, yeah, what well, you know, let loose, cut loose a little bit. That's the point. Yeah, that's sure. the fucking point. So, with this new single that you're dropping, let's talk a bit just about the single. What's it called? What's the vibe like? Uh, it's programmed for love and destruction. Um, I guess vibe-wise, it's probably pushing a little more into the metal side because we kind of straddle that fence to begin with. A little rock, uh -huh. a little bit metal. Get a little bit of a priestiness to it, yeah. like a yeah. really priesty vibe, I think. Yeah, plenty, of, uh, plenty uh, of guitar harmonies that you've come to know, expect, yeah, I, and love I, from Stone Cold Killer. I listened to the song <laughs> earlier, 
because Curtis sent it to me. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh, this is a little bit more heavy. Yep. But it's funny because like the guitar riffing on it, like you could have easily just put like a four on the floor drum beat behind it and uh-huh. it would just sound like like a dancey rock song. <laughs> but the, the the rhythm is a little bit busier yeah, yeah. on the track. So it does have more of like a metal edge. There's a lot of like yeah. like footwork with like the kick that's kind of like playing with the guitar riff and stuff, which was interesting to hear you do. It was like a lot more like extreme than I'm used to hearing yeah. from. Yeah, from y'all. Thank you. Did you happen I mean, to notice the uh, overdubs by any chance in the breakdown? Which overdubs? The uh, Vincent Price type there's, voice. Yeah, we put. Oh, so the no. whole there's a backstory behind that. The only reason I bring it up. <laughs> okay. How that song, how this song developed was, uh, Curtis was sitting around uh, watching Comet Network on a uh, you know local Pittsburgh TV, and this on a hazy re- Saturday, this afternoon. really cheesy Vincent Price <laughs> movie came on called Doctor Goldfoot and the Girl Bombs. And I really suggest you look it up. It's yeah, hilarious. Should. And the whole principle, it's pretty much Austin Powers before yeah, Austin Powers. It's not supposed time. to be funny, I don't think. Okay. But he, it's hilarious. It's like sure that, that type of funny. But he's an evil scientist that creates girl robots that strategically take out army generals across the country. So, anyways, not to get tangented, but uh the the whole premise is he programs these robots for love and destruction. And that's one of the actual oh, quotes I heard that, that we used just, that oh, we damn, used. That's that's in the a song, song title right there. It was in like I literally distinctly remember like I jumped off my couch and just, like, <laughs> grabbed my phone and I was like I swear my hands must have been like shaking because I'm like I'm like oh my god what a what a brilliant title like is that not a brilliant song title? how is that not already something? a song now already yeah so, so yeah, yeah. Just, the, they came it started with that one little concept and yeah. it just kind of blossomed and from there. One, like I think you kind of were just yeah, playing rehearsal. with that riff we, that we, one day and yeah, we were rehearsal. you were there we were there ahead of everybody and I just sat at the drums and was just kind of fooling around and you started playing it and i just started playing a beat and then you went into the dinner because i program <laughs> and i just started singing that because <laughs> program and i was like all right there it is there's the hook yeah, let's write it. the rest of this song <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it came came to be and now fifth february 15th Everyone was will be free to join. We can celebrate it together. Yes. <laughs> so thanks, Vincent Price, <laughs> and, and, and everybody in the band being late, <laughs> <laughs> except for us, apparently. So. so, in terms of rehearsals and things like that, how often do you adults find time to get together and rehearse? Oh man! I mean, we weekly, weekly, at least once a week. If we have a, a you know a, a particularly big gig, or say we have you know like I said that Yins and Roses side hustle we're doing, like we'll we'll try to squeeze a couple days a weekend. Depending, yeah. it's hard to get five grown ass men in a room together. Right. Yeah. Our, drum, our drummer has a kid too, so that obviously. Yeah. Hey Pat, Dad has it. Hey Pat, what's up? He is not here. Two hey. members not featured. BT Dubs. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it, it becomes a little more difficult, but we it usually. Uh, at least once a week. If you don't, man, you forget everything. <laughs> sure. You know, like, it's so weird. I mean, if the songs that we played a bazillion times and turn up for love and stuff like that, it's pretty much automatic. And there's some GNR covers that we can can just do, no problem. But the new stuff, keeping yeah. the new stuff fresh and everything, exactly. you know, nothing's really released yet. So it's just we gotta keep getting that muscle memory right, yeah. program. If you wanna if you wanna present it to the to the world, you don't want it to sound like garbage. Yeah. So 
There's just something that I like about the ritual of uh, a band rehearsal and just getting together and getting to see everybody, like mm-hmm. what the fuck's going on, and just getting to actually like play stuff loud yeah. and not like you know like in the house all quiet or with <laughs> just headphones. playing yes yeah, drumming yeah. an acoustic yeah it's, just, so, it's, yeah. Just, it's not the same just actually getting getting to let that stuff out. Do you uh, have like a space you rehearse at or is it out of someone's house? It's at my house at your yeah. place, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's that's it's the best. I've, <laughs> I love it. It's the most having cost all, effective. That's having all sure. my stuff there and I don't have to go anywhere. Everybody comes to me. It's great. Uh-huh. Plus, I kind of like live in the middle of like everybody. Everybody kind of it's sort of like the the hub, the point. It's everybody kind of radiates. The neighbors are cool. Central location. Oh, yeah. I, well, my one neighbor, my one the one house, nobody lives there. And the next like then I have an empty lot and then a street next to me at, at there. It's pretty fucking so, ideal, honestly. I will say this. It's like it's super tight, like, you know, getting older, playing in bands with your friends, playing shows. But there's like something that's undeniably kind of humiliating about being in your like mid to late 30s and still having to like worry about the neighbors being mad about yeah, your yeah. stupid fucking band. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes me feel young, which I guess is great. But it's also like we're really still fucking doing this. Yeah. Old man John. <laughs> well, the cops again. At on one us. point, when like when you guys practice practiced at uh at joey's house no no it was colt's right yeah oh that's right and then we and then we practiced at pete's house which he used it's another connection to penbury he used to work for penbury party pete basinski what up and then and then eddie spaghetti had a, a few houses down from there had a punk band so there'd be some nights there'd be three bands practices <laughs> happening on this one block in mount oliver oh yeah uh, on kohler street <laughs> yeah kohler street. yeah yep yeah yeah shout outs to kohler street yeah that was uh, that was funny like it was just it was one block there's like maybe 15 houses on it uh-huh and there were three bands that practiced on that street Three three loud volume bands. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. There were some families on Kohler whose volume would rival even the (laughs) loudest of bands. There are some rowdy motherfuckers on that street. Yeah, yeah they were. There, there was a lot of uh, vocalization, outdoor vocalization (laughs) happening. No doubt. Yeah, uh, it was uh, my um my girlfriend used to live in Mount Olive Garden, uh, and and, uh, (laughs) her her and her friend called it Mount Olive Garden uh, Unlimited Soups and Stabbings. (laughs) Dude, put that in the lexicon. (laughs) Mark it down. Put that in the lexicon. That's That's wonderful. And uh, Colt is back up in that area, like not too, like maybe only five minutes from Kohler, but like a little further back. But yeah, yeah, yeah. so we still. I still in. go past Kohler all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, it was like the first, the very first block of Mount Oliver. Yeah, if you crossed Arlington Avenue, you were in, you were in Pittsburgh again, like you're in the slopes. Uh-huh. But then that side, Arlington Avenue, was Mount Oliver. Where's your spot at now that you're probably? I live, I live in Arlington, so just oh, okay. like a little bit down. Okay, yeah. So you're probably pretty close to Colton still because he's in the that Arlington. We drive area. past Kohler on the way to Nate's. Yeah. House. Yeah. At least yeah. I do. Okay, Nate's house for practice. Yeah, that's so funny. Nostalgic. <laughs> Well, I mean, you got like, you know, it'd be great if if you could live in like Southside or Bloomfield or Lawrenceville or something. But like to live there and practice there, unless unless you're spending a shitload of money, it's almost impossible. Yeah. You know? So I just I, I was I was I was living in the flats forever in Southside, and I just kind of got tired of just being crammed. You know, like I just wanted a little. Maybe somewhere there's a little more space just for this exact reason. So I found this house and 
is dope, but it's, you know, it's like, you know, kind of near the projects. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's a nice yard, it, man. You it's can, awesome. You can though. get a van stuck. Yeah. In. <laughs> you can totally get a van stuck <laughs> in the yard. Oh my God. That was like the worst day. That we, was a we bad rented day. a van. So my, the basement has like a man door. So we're loading in, loading out our equipment to, to go on this gig in Mar to Maryland's. So we rented a- Maryland's, a, Maryland's in the Maryland's, did I say Maryland's? Maryland's. Yeah. For real? <laughs> Yo, we was in Maryland's and <laughs> um, So we were like, like loading up, but it's in the yard and this thing has bald ass tires and we couldn't get it moving. And it, like, it's really long and to get out of the yard, there's like this hump. And it would just wouldn't get, go over this hump. It was just like trenching out my yard. Like, oh God, it couldn't, couldn't get it out. And then finally, some dude who was working on a roof next door is like, you guys need some help. And climbs down off the roof, gets in this like Ford F-150 or whatever, <laughs> hooks it up, like grabs like a strap or something out of the bed of his truck and like hooks it up to the bumper. And yeah, he drove like a four by four truck up over a... <laughs> You know, like the sidewalk, right but then like, yard. you know, the yard from the sidewalk up to where the house sits is probably like, what, three and a half feet yeah. or something. Like, and dude just like took his truck right up and scalped like the edge <laughs> of the hill. But we, we but we loaded up and we got to the show and everything was fine. So hell yeah. it, at the time, Nate was and losing all, his mind. And we, we, we could all right kind of see it was going to be But we later. filled that brandy glass full of brown M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I managed yeah, we made to subdue the tiger with a can of mace, but the store owner and his son was a different, different story, story altogether. <laughs> and we made it to Maryland's and back. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Sometimes those those experiences, those those Kodak moments, yeah. if you will, are like all we really get out of still playing in bands. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like the best thing of the weekend happened before we even yeah, fucking right. left. <laughs> that that particular You're show that right. literally was the yeah. best moment, uh, actually. Fortunately, well, that's actually a good a good segue into you know playing out of town. I guess you know it's one thing. You know we're a working class city, and that mm -hmm. there's still some some hunger for rock and roll. I imagine we got a lot of good divey type of bars where mm -hmm. you can you can bring your guitars and smoke your cigarettes and play some play some rock and roll still. Right. But what's life out of Pittsburgh been like for Stone Cold Killer recently? Oh, You've been man. playing some gigs? I'm, I don't know. When was the last? That might have been our last out of town gig. That Maryland. One. Yeah. Jurgles. Well, sort of out of town, I guess. Is, Jer is Jurgles out of town? I don't know. I, think I don't think Jordan considered out of town. <laughs> Jurgles is town. Feels like a road gig. We didn't cross if, a bridge, if, so if, who knows? If you can go to sleep in your own bed the same night of the show, okay, it was not out of town. <laughs> you know what? That's a good, that's a good, that's a really good uh, assessment. It of, feels of out like of town. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. No, nah, it's been somewhat limited. I mean, you definitely try to... <laughs> we're trying not to oversaturate Pittsburgh shows, as, as you know. You know, The more shows you play, the less likely people are to come to them. So. Oh, yeah. But uh, we're trying to mix it up a little bit instead of doing straight SCK. You know, we've been, we've been doing Yins and Roses in town a little bit everywhere. I think we played, uh, what, Backbone Tavern in West Virginia. That was another... No, no, that was the Maryland's oh. gig. Okay. <laughs> Maryland's. Now only Maryland's. That. <laughs> that gig was in Maryland's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, back, backbone. The no, the the rim is what you're thinking. Oh, the of, rim. West that's Virginia. right. Oh, that was a great place. There's a venue called the Rim. Yeah, in West Virginia. You've never been there. It's not. No. It's not a venue as much as it's just a guy's basement. basement. Okay, but it's but awesome. Like, but he turned it into a venue. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got really like cool. a better PA than like most. He's bars, got. So, he's brought pretty yeah, legit. Yeah, like, the, the biters have played there. Like he's oh, got cool. some of their set lists and stuff yeah. up and. 
Yeah, he's him really into it. Him, it's Brad Smith is his name. He's like real into music. Whole family is great. They they treated us very well when we went there too. So uh, if anybody ever gets an invitation to play at the rim, I cannot encourage enough. Like <laughs> yeah, go. that rules. Like yeah, we walked in. Like they fed us. They're like go up in the garage, right? And we walk in, and I swear it looked like a Pittsburgh wedding. Yeah, like there was everything. There was a the cookie table. There was a cookie table. <laughs> there was a damn cookie table at a game. <laughs> <laughs> But it was awesome. Like they, you know, they fed us. They, you know, they gave us plenty of, of booze to drink. Um, we had a great show, and we stayed there, and we came home the next day, and it was awesome. Slept on a couch. Slept on a couch. <laughs> took a photo that I think my BAC was probably as almost as high as my age at the time when I took that photo. <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, but yeah, great, great, great little venue to get out of town to. So yeah, that's one of our goals actually is to do more out of town gigs this year because we've been uh, making excuses not to get out, but oh, it's necessary. Well, this whole like past year, we did so much working on that the the Rex gig, yeah, you know, the, great the, album the series, the uh, Guns and Roses tribute. Like that was so time consuming that hardly. That yeah, it turns really out Guns and Roses songs are fucking hard to play. Yes, so it takes for hard. It had, I mean, we worked on that for what six months before <laughs> we went least, into it. Yeah. Like five, that ate up a lot like of our. Time. Yeah, we started we started rehearsing like this time last year to get to have that set list ready for the end of July. So it's amazing, two and a half hours of GNR took up five months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the man hours of you like kind of, <laughs> yeah. how much time you guys had to spend. Like learning those solos is a labor of love. It, it, was, yeah. it was. It but was. But now you know them. Uh, yeah, awesome. exactly. <laughs> well, but you also get like something extra out of that. I think like anybody that learns a cover, there's somebody they really like and they're going to play it live. Like you end up kind of having this little learning process where you get an insight into like somebody you really like their guitar playing. Or if you're a drummer, it's like you listen to those drums, and so you kind of get this new appreciation or understanding of what they're doing sure that was like a master class though because i mean i got that cassette tape when i was like eight how yeah. did you let that happen mom by the way yeah. how did you let me get <laughs> appetite for destruction at eight i'm thankful but i still don't understand but before look what you advisors. created <laughs> but but it was it was seriously it was like a master class not only in just like doing slashes guitar stuff which is utterly amazing but the way that they they sync everything together and learning izzy's rhythm um, it was yeah. it was it was a real like I mean I I felt like I took like a you know an advanced university yeah. like learning class sure. to to learn this extra guitar so it ended up being really awesome yeah what we took out of it and I the, feel like that carried over to the like, fringe benefits are awesome too because I mean we've been playing nothing but GNR for the last six or eight months so we can't help but have GNR infused into kind of the new stuff we're writing as well it just kind of emanates from dude there was a style. point where i was listening to when we were playing back in the in the studio uh like a part the the, the cowbell groove part came on <laughs> on program for love and destruction and i was like it just like whoa I, it just sounded like oh i can't remember what specific think about you yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. think about you and, bridge. Uh, and i was just like oh shit and it, like clicked i'm like no this is our song oh cool <laughs> <laughs> There's a a really cool thing with, you know, learning stuff that other people have done. It's like equivalent to like cooking a recipe out of a book, like, you Mm -hmm. know, like in like you maybe you use some different ingredients and things that you wouldn't have used before and you learn how to incorporate them in like new yet familiar ways. And then the next time you go to make your own food without a recipe or write your own song, you have this whole new weird skill set and like way, way of thinking about 
approaching your guitar playing or your drumming or your vocals a little differently. Oh Absolutely. yeah. I I'm I feel like I'm like 10 times better singer now because of that than I was when I started just I, forcing myself to be like okay, you have to figure out how to hit these notes. One way or another, it's got to happen. So now I have a whole other like way of attacking notes and getting to them that I'd never even contemplated before because I wasn't forced to, you know. Yeah. So I think that you know, you, it's really easy, especially, you know, as you get older, as we all sit here in age, you know, land of the dinosaurs over here. I Fucking, am, I'll be 40. That The show's actually my 40th birthday. So yeah. we didn't mention I didn't that. Write, I didn't want to say it's the okay. exact it's number. Okay. Like, you know, they, I still get carded at Rite Aid, obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, what buying Pepto Bismol? Yes. Like, like, <laughs> it's actually aspirin for my bad back. Let's, uh, let's, but let's not split hairs here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, as we get a little bit older, it's a lot easier now to kind of get comfortable and think like, oh, I know all there is to know, or you get comfy in just your ways. Yeah. yeah. And to like push yourself to try different techniques on guitar or push yourself to get out of town and play different shows. I find that the thing that I struggle with the most in touring with bands now as I get older is just like my, uh, my reality check is so much more aggressive nowadays than it was when I was like 20. I don't really have that. Like, eh, fuck it. Whatever happens, yeah. happens. I'm like, yeah. no, if I'm taking this much time off work yeah. and we're paying this much to get there, like, and we're not getting the, you know, like there's all these things where it's like the cost benefit analysis. It, you're it, always running it. You're just, a, your bullshit level tolerance like, is so it, much. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot less reasonable for me to go to, you know, fucking like, Valparaiso, Indiana to play <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in front of fucking, you know, 10 people next yeah. to a wrestling ring. <laughs> then very yeah, specific. I mean, I'm talking about something very specific. That's what uh, you don't say. <laughs> um, versus like, you know, just saying like, okay, it's cool to have that offer in Indiana, but is it actually worth it? Mm -hmm. It's a lot like my, my willingness to just say, ah, fuck it. And, go for it is mm. so much smaller these days it's like I yeah think, yeah you definitely have to look to is, is there is there a is the juice worth the even, squeeze you know even locally like there's all these things where like we'll be talking about like oh we should do this thing and like oh the band can play and stuff like that and it's like can't we just like why don't we just have a cookout like <laughs> why don't we just get everybody to go somewhere for your birthday why yeah. do we have to fucking play not mm -hmm. saying anything it's just <laughs> yeah. show but you know what i mean like that's yeah. great strategy that's, let's go with that it's the type of thing where it's just like do we need to load our gear up to do all it's like why are we playing the show because we all want to hang out together yeah. or because we actually want to play the show we just yeah. want to hang out okay right. leave the fucking gear at home let's go hang out <laughs> yeah. yeah but no, then you like, don't get to play a show yeah, but, but sometimes yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. No, yeah. sometimes you don't need to, but yeah, sometimes it's cool to play a show though too. But like as, most of the time, as we cool. sit here and rot, you know, yeah. grow older, you know, our <laughs> time's like a lot more, our time's a lot more precious. So like, you have a lot more or a lot less propensity to want to spend that time doing, you know, bullshit stuff that you wouldn't normally do. It's you make better decisions as you get older. I'd like to think. But. Yeah, I think that there's this weird lull, and maybe you've seen this in your personal experiences, where I felt like it was really easy for me to play shows. You know, from the time that I was like, you know, in my late teens to like 22 or 23, really easy to get gigs. There's a lot of hungry people wanting to play shows, and then the time between like 
24 and 30 just felt like a dead zone unless I wanted to play shows with like old dudes or play shows with babies. Yeah. But now I'm like at a point where like finally like I'm in my early mid 30s and there's other people in my age that are also hungry to play shows again. So now I can like play shows and people come out like Mm -hmm. there's like this weird there's like this weird like seven, eight years of everybody being too responsible to play shows. Yeah, absolutely. Don't hit my TV. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, but I'm joking. I uh, also at that time, like I, I mean, at least for me personally, like I wasn't that good. Yeah. So even like the shows we did play, sometimes like then there it's never like counterproductive. And you're at that stage, like like you just, even if it's just like, all right, what's the best way to carry my gear around? Like, how do I get in and out of this particular venue? You're like learning those dumb little things. You're not even thinking that you're learning. Oh, sure, yeah. But you are. So I'm not saying don't play shows if you're a young band. Oh no, I'm not saying that but, either at all. I was just talking about like it's interesting now because now I feel like there is a lot more there's a lot more of like a positive reason to play a show. I, I mm-hmm. feel like I can book a gig and like, it's not that complicated to pe- to get people to come. Yeah. Out. And you, you kind of figure it's kind of its own art form as well. Get it like Getting promoting and coaxing people to come to the yeah. show. And, and honestly, and it's not just like, you know, the way like, it's not just the songs you play, but it's, you know, like you, you're playing a, you want to play a set. You can play like, oh, you're having a, if, if the band sounded tight or you, you played a tight set or two totally different things, you know, in my opinion, if you played a tight set, it's like, it just flows all together. And if there is any downtime, there's a reason for it. Like oh, yeah, we yeah. have, a, there's always a guitar change. Half of our songs are in. You're talking about some David Copperfield. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, I've got to do something over here <laughs> while they tune their guitars uh-huh. or change their guitar. And yeah, you know that's a, I pull some birds out of my hats or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean just perfecting our craft. You know, we also you know until we found our voice and you know people started realizing we had our own sound. We also had to fight the fight of oh shit, our demographic is like forty to. 55 year old yeah. dudes that want to hear like hair metal you know <laughs> so you know yeah it's not that way anymore but it's still kind of that way i mean rock out dudes that come to our show 40 55 year old <laughs> hair metal we dudes, all turn but. into 21 21 year old hot girls at the bar because they're strange men and want to buy us booze <laughs> at the end of the show uh-huh you know but yeah no it's just it's easier to play shows now too because we've perfected our craft and kind of people understand that we have our own sound now so it's kind of we have a little bit more of a broader audience than we used to and when we were you know 25 30 yeah i think that i really like the point that nate had brought up about giving people a show basically is like what you're saying i feel like there are a lot that it's a heavy responsibility to carry being in a band promoting a show and getting people to come out like you're getting this is like for you like whatever it's another show but for a lot of people it's like it's their one night out a week Mm -hmm. so it's like you're not inviting them to like pay 10 bucks to get into a place and watch a band practice like you want to give them a fucking show exactly and uh i think that that's something that a lot of people should pay more attention to and I, i talk about it a lot on the podcast just like bands being less selfish and thinking more about the fact that you know this There's show audience this isn't for you yeah you know like you yeah. are an employee of 
the fan yep. tonight. Like, and you need to do your fucking to, job. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I never thought about it like that. Well, to paraphrase Lemmy, what do you say? He's like, people don't want to pay to see a dork on stage. They want to pay to see a space <laughs> alien. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to see their neighbor, I think, is yeah. actually like... They want to pay to see a space <laughs> alien, and it's exactly right. <laughs> but it's, show. It's, I, I think a lot of it, too, is like picking and choosing your spots instead of just playing, like, every show offer you get. Oh, yeah. Like... One of the things, you know, like having this single release and putting it on my birthday, like we can make it an event. And I, so I think like pulling back and being a little more selective about your gigs, but making it an event, I think it is a much easier way to promote it. And especially like you said, because you have people who are your friends who they got kids or responsibilities and they can only make it out like once in a while. If you, if you promote it early enough and you give them an incentive to come out, it's an easy way for people to come out and to like really get excited about a fun show. Yeah. You know, and you can put more effort into it too. You just, to, you just have to bombard them on the internet nonstop for about a month. Yeah. At a time. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's, you're not wrong. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's like, you just gotta like, you know, you play enough shows, you, you know, your friends that come out to shows and you know, your friends that come out to shows and bring friends. So you just gotta make sure that, they, that, that those people are coming and then it'll, it'll, It'll kind they of tell two it'll, friends. Yeah, it'll it'll tell it'll. Fit. <laughs> what is that like? That's like As the fifth or sixth Wayne, Wayne's World <laughs> reference so far. <laughs> I never did anything Guilty. crazy before that night. Why is it when you kill a man during war, it's considered heroic, but if it's in the heat of passion, they call it murder. Oh, Ed O'Neill, nice. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a that was a, that was a deep pull. That, that, was a, that was a real deep pull. <laughs> so here's a All qu- right, camera with me only. Here's a question: If so. There's been a lot of great film in our days where, you know, there have been, you know, bands are in films. Like you have, you know, the good old Cannibal Corpse and Ace Ventura. Right. Yeah. Uh, moments like that. If Stone Cold Killer could time travel and perform in any movie, what movie would Stone Cold Killer time too travel late to? Is it to say Dr. Goldfoot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think at this point, that would probably be perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I, like as oh damn, I don't know. I, like, I, are you like what? Are you asking that? Like, what do you think? Like, what? What do we think we would fit into? Like, no, just what would you want to do? I don't okay. give a shit if you fit in or not. Okay. Well, spinal like, tap. Yeah. <laughs> spinal tap. Somehow. Uh-huh. Die hard. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! How great just would that how- be? Just have die hard. Oh, the, like the, the top of the building's exploding. We're just shredding. Yeah. Sure. Or or an easier question, like if you could have a song in any movie, oh like if you could write the theme song for any action star, living or dead. Oh, Nate can answer that one right away. Sylvester Stallone, right? So why? Why? Because I, th- I mean, based on your love for Rambo. Oh, well, Rambo's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we could definitely write a song for Rambo. <laughs> I mean, it's th- over, Johnny. It's over. Was a bit get to the chopper? You ever hear that? <laughs> Austrian <laughs> death machine. Austrian death machine. Yeah, the dude from As I Lay Dying. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I guess Sliced Alone. Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't really. Never thought about that question before. That's that's wild. I don't know. I think we should just kick Huey Lewis in the news off of Back <laughs> to the Future. I think that's what we really. That's my all time favorite movie. That's what we should have done. But I just I don't like. I don't know. We don't write a lot of time travel themed songs, so I've I've, <laughs> I've had this. Oh, dude, t- t- Tombstone. Gunslinger. Yeah, we should have done Tombstone. 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 Gunslinger. That's, that's there you point. go. <laughs> 
I had I had this idea for uh, a show. I think I may have talked about it on an episode recently. I can't remember. All these conversations are bleeding together, but I'll talk about it with you. <laughs> All right. So, like, I had this idea for a show where, uh, you know, there's a lot of things where you get um, bands to like score. Like they'll have like bands like do a score for a movie and then play the movie and like the band yeah. plays. Eagles of Death Metal just did that for the Super Troopers too, right? Pretty sure. I um, didn't see it, but that's what I heard. Yeah, they I, like scored the movie for it. I was thinking like how sick would it be if you could get a bunch of rock bands to do it for a movie, but instead of like um, like scoring the movie itself, like you pick something like, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure that has like a crazy soundtrack and you get <laughs> That'd be awesome. all these bands to learn a song. And then like, you just have like a, a set backline, but you play Bill and Ted, and like when the songs play in the movie, the bands play <laughs> like Beavis and Butthead do America. Yeah, yeah. I think they That's tried awesome. this. It was called Last Action Hero, and it didn't do very well in the theaters, as oh, far really? as I recall. <laughs> I never were, saw. It, actually, yeah. that is the, that is the greatest movie soundtrack, with the movie being absolutely god awful. But the soundtrack to I, I swear to God, soundtrack to Last Action Hero is amazing. ACDC's on it, and yeah. like they got yeah, they got a Roses. really good too. Yeah, Guns N' Roses is on that. Yeah. yeah, but isn't that that crappy version of it's, um, it's some um, song? Uh, Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's the that's like the worst <laughs> cover they ever did. I, I even turn it like every time. Like that's the saddest thing yeah. ever. I love Guns N' Roses, and every and it's time on I'll their greatest that, like, hits, that like silver one. It's not the greatest. It's not a greatest. It's not. That was definitely an axe. Tell move. me, you're gonna leave 100. That was axe. Yeah, you're gonna leave. You're gonna leave like dust and bones off of it. Oh, I could tell. I could tell. They probably had to pay so much for those royalties, and they're trying to make the money yeah. off those royalties. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, well, if we put it on this, we yeah. can. You that's know. a really good point. That's that's the business. That's the, that'll get you. Uh huh. It'll put a lot of bills in your pocket. Mark me, music. Music is art, but a band is a business. So I guess that's basically how, how it works how, out. How does... Uh, I don't know if we talked about this the last time I had you on the show. So if I did, please remind me. Well, but how so, does... So we remember. How does, how, does, how does a group of um, upstanding citizens such as Stone Cold Killer, uh, how do you balance business and party? of being in a band we're How still do you- trying to we're still trying to find that balance <laughs> i mean tough. we're 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 incorporating spreadsheets these days that's yeah. definitely a big okay. part of it i mean just tracking your finances making sure you know what comes in is more than what goes out that kind of a thing but at the same time still trying to have fun and not penny pinch yeah the, know, but like you know when you you play a show or something like that or even just a rehearsal eventually there comes a point where there's been too much alcohol to and to be productive any longer. <laughs> so you got to do all that important shit before. Returns. All, yeah, returns. yeah, exactly. So you got to pay the door guy and the sound guy and all this stuff. And before, and then once I, the merch is all packed up, all right, let's really start slamming the beers. That's usually how. <laughs> Cars loaded up. Now I can get drunk. All right. Establishing a priorities list, I guess. Is yeah. What it boils down to. We finally got yeah. good at doing Well, that. like, especially since we started rehearsing in my house i have the, like a big kitchen table like this like a high top table i'm kind of all just like sit or stand around it's the war it. room yeah it has the chalk there's the a wall. chalkboard i was gonna say the wall has that like chalkboard paint on it behind it like framed out chalkboard on it so we're like oh it's like the boardroom uh-huh <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun doing all that stuff being you know at least just like having something to do that's productive even mm-hmm. if on the surface it's like okay well this is our 
silly little rock and roll band. It's like, well, we're still using our adult skills, some of this math that we learned <laughs> in grade school, right? You know, we have our spreadsheets and we're, you know, we're, we're doing, we're doing this responsibly. It's not all, it's not all, all yucks and beers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish they need to make that re- remake that meme about like what society thinks I do, what my friends oh, think yeah. I do, and at the end, it's like what I'm actually doing is just me doing spreadsheets <laughs> and just practicing on an acoustic guitar <laughs> yeah. with the metronome, and it's the most boring thing. Ever. <laughs> and then oh, you must have so much four, fun. It's like yeah, 45 minutes fun. of fun at a show for <laughs> for you practicing scales for three or four hours a day. <laughs> That's pretty much what it boils down to, man. But it's it's all worth it. I mean, you go up there and, you know, I'm sure you know all about this. I mean, having chemistry with the people that you go on stage with and you look around like during a show and it's just like to some to some degree, people pay to watch us practice. And like you said earlier, like we're employees for people, but we're people pay to essentially watch us practice when we're on stage. But, yeah, you know, honestly, I, love, I, I do the same shit at, on stage a lot of times. At practice, it's I'm true. Still, I don't, I uh, don't it, how we have any light bulbs uh, left it, in that. It's place. like <laughs> it's. I almost knock myself out on this I beam like three times a night. <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, it's it's like the equivalent of like little Jimmy's violin recital, except your friends are paying to come. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, they're still trying. This is cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That but true. Yeah. Oh, that's great. But it's, I mean, you feel like you, uh, personally, all of you, do you feel like you have evolved as people as a result of being in a band oh, over the years? For sure. Absolutely. For sure. Uh-huh. I'm a lot more tolerant. I mean, no offense to the dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, five grown men, grown ass men don't always agree on the same yeah. thing all the time. Sure. So just being open to, you know, other people's suggestions a lot more. Especially living in an RV together for two weeks. Yeah. A lot more tolerant of people's <laughs> body odors body and odors things like sometimes. that. Sometimes. Yeah. That's inside RV joke. Curtis has the worst pair of smelling <laughs> shoes I've ever smelled in my life. Can't help it. It's just what it is. First, Thanks again, mom. Thanks first, again, mom. First stop. First stop was the nearest Walmart to get a new pair. Yeah, of but shoes. we found that sweet Iron Maiden hat. It was we five dollars. Camo Iron Maiden. Camo hat. Iron Maiden hat for five dollars in a, a Chicago Walmart. So <laughs> score score one for stinky shoes. First time I've seen you wear that hat. <laughs> I, know. I have no idea where I I'm sure I lost it somewhere. God yeah. knows. It was a five dollar hat. Whose house? As cool as it was, it was like eh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, that goes back again to those Kodak moments being like yeah. the the fun memories of tour. It wasn't how many times we crushed it on stage. It was Curtis's stinky feet and or the uh, us passing Hulkama- out a Hulkamania shirt in the corner when I was in the turnbuckle. <laughs> Just like a bottle of vodka. <laughs> it was the lamest after party I've ever been to in my entire life. And I left with me and Nate went back to the RV. And it was just one of those nights when you're on tour and you're tired. And I was like, Crown Rousse will help me fall asleep if I drink enough of it. Uh, and it did. Uh, everybody else partied. But there's a sweet picture of me wearing Penguin's pajamas and a Hulkamania shirt in the corner of an RV. <laughs> and then we woke up. Well, that was in that, that was in Harrisburg, right? And yeah, that was up, in Harrisburg. Oh my god, we woke that was up, the worst smelling RV ever. Still, still parked on the street out in front of the this out in front of the venue, not in like a parking lot anywhere. On Easter Sunday, with seven <laughs> people sleeping in this RV, 
I woke up, I had to pee so bad, it was like seven in the morning. And the only place that was open was like three blocks away. It was like some random convenience store, like I said, it was Easter. So I had to go this all down, like, and it was, they didn't have a bathroom. So then I had to walk through the, the park down by like the, what is that? The Susquehanna River. Yes. That's exactly. I saw sure porta potty, another like three blocks down. So I had to go piss in a porta potty because. Cool story, Nate. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, it felt like it was going somewhere and then it didn't. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you need the prices right loser horn on there. Now. Okay. <laughs> that's a good suggestion. I'll just do it for you. <laughs> that's, that's a good suggestion. I appreciate that. So, you know, with all of the shows that you've played over the years in Pittsburgh and outside of Pittsburgh, one thing I wanted to talk about was um the perils of under equipped venues. Because I feel like there's a thing, you know, with Stone Cold Killer. Like, you know, you're a rock band. No bullshit. No frills. Mm -hmm. But there's like this kind of like larger than life thing that I think that needs to happen in order for like the... I don't want to call it a gimmick, but like the... We'll just say for lack of a better word, the gimmick of Stone Cold Killer to sell. Mm -hmm. This like larger than life in your face, just kind of like ego rock and roll. Like, yeah. The whiskey go-go or, you know. Yes. Small stages are nemesis. It's like, it's like, you know, like, like the higher the notes, the higher yeah. the stage, the brighter yeah. the lights need to be in a way. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, Michael J. Fox movie. <laughs> so my point that I'm trying to get to is like, you know, do you feel that like if you're playing a venue that maybe just like like if it's like a little bit like too dingy or like too punk do you feel like oh fuck like we're not going to translate properly here you just no, roll with it's it just a di- it's a different kind of energy in that case well there's some constraints like for instance when you play gooskies i fucking love gooskies but that stage is really small and fitting all five of us on one stage and having nate have any room to move mm-hmm. whatsoever is really hard And also just have anywhere to plug it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Power outlet. Power supply is a big setback these days, too, it seems like. Yeah. Amply equipped stages with power. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like Nate said, you know, it doesn't... We'll still put on the same kind of show. We'll just have to scale it back depending on the venue. But But if you get... If you're playing somewhere like, you know, like the Rex or Smalls or something that has... At, like lights and somebody running lights oh my god that makes such a huge difference it just instantly makes it like badass and like larger than life kind of mm-hmm. look having and monitors it, yeah having monitors and, where you could actually yourself. hear what's going on on stage instead of just kind of and a real hearing. sound check and so yeah that's that does make big differences you're, you're a lot more confident it's easier to put on a good show yeah, I feel like there's just like for, uh, maybe I think too much and I overanalyze bullshit, but I feel like there's just like how do some certain bands like that are just starting out because it's easy for like say like you're a metal band or you're a punk band or whatever like you could play at Gooskies and that works, mm-hmm. but like say like you want to be the next like Imagine Dragons. How do you start playing shows where like the whole premise of your band is this like larger than life yeah. stadium sound? Yeah. Like you, you you can't like take a band that makes that style of music and put it at like yeah. howlers. Yeah, you can't put watch, it I was just gonna say, yeah, you can't watch scorpions at howlers. Like, yeah, it's gotta be in an arena. Yeah, you know? and it's like but like rock but, and roll. But, but it's like all every band starts somewhere. Uh, yeah. So when I see like modern bands now, like new bands now that are like blowing up, it's just like, how did you even start? 
Yeah. Where were you playing? Yeah. And they're, they're always from like some random town in like Iowa or something. Yeah. You know, like, wow. Or just social media anymore. Shit, man. I mean, that's you even true. have to be a good live musician to have a following these days. And that's something we still struggle with is just getting our social media like, presence well, that's, where it needs YouTube. to be. I think that's, it's really hard. I think if like your target demographic is people that are like your age or older and you're in your 30s. It's like a lot of those people aren't, you know, they're not. It's like, what's the hot new social media? TikTok. I don't know anybody with a fucking TikTok page (laughs) except for like some. I do have a couple friends with TikToks that have no fucking business being on TikTok. You are fucking creeps. All of you. (laughs) Shit's for children. Whatever. Uh, maybe that's just me. That's that's the beer talking. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Get off my lawn. Life, life is <laughs> life, damn whippersnappers. Life, 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 life is short. If you want to spend it around a bunch of 13 year olds dancing on the phone, that's up to you. <laughs> that's all TikTok is, right? Yeah. yeah. Seems to be. Yeah. Uh, are you thankful that that wasn't necessarily the way you grew up? To. I mean, like. There's photos of me wearing jeans that are about as wide as the, the circumference hey, of this listen, table. We all so like, you know, like Jenko back. We we all did right. we, we did I did uh I did equally as dumb shit. I'm sure I would have been just as embarrassing in my own ways had that uh had those tools been around when yeah. I was when I was well, that age. They were like you maybe had a. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I wouldn't have. I'm just saying I'm thankful yeah. that they weren't. I'm Dude, thankful the cell phone wasn't okay. A big before thing. Instagram, social media wasn't. Before Instagram, you had to like take a photo, and then they would you would take it somewhere, and they would make it into a a thing. <laughs> Shout out to far more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so one, one day, when in your basement, our, our friend Jeff, who we call Vern for no discernible reason. <laughs> It's not his middle name or anything. We just call him Vern. Vern's sleeping on the couch in your basement one day, and we antiqued him. Remember, you know what? Take flour like did in the CKY. Oh, videos? I remember this. Yeah, and it spiked him in the face with it, and he didn't move. And each face covered in flour, he was still just passed out. So we didn't. There was no. There was no iPhones or even flip phones. We didn't have a camera, so we drove to the store from your house, went to County Market. Bought a disposable camera and drove back to his house oh and took a photo before he woke up. And then we're like, wake up, dude. And then we had to go through the rest of that roll of film so that we could get that picture developed. Where where that picture is, I have no idea. I, then, sure. I still have it somewhere. <laughs> but then you have it. to wait a whole hour. We for need to find it and make it an album cover. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it, it's easy to romanticize the old days. I remember like... In my in my high school days, uh, you know, we ran through a lot of uh, disposable cameras, taking pictures of graffiti that we did. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it would criminal just, offenses that oh, you documented. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> like these fucking fifteen year old kids that look like, like I don't know, we look like like we fucking fell out of a Ninja Turtles cartoon or something <laughs> like the fuck, and. Uh, yeah, we look like Ninja Turtles villains, basically. <laughs> I feel like that's the look that we You're had. The Foot Clan. Yeah, the, like yeah, like in like Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, you know, just take a take our things there to get it developed, and then like you walk across the parking lot and go to like National Record Mart. Mm-hmm. You know, check out the oh, new man, check out the new new metal right. releases. Oh, go over to Funko Land, see if anybody traded in any sweet Super Nintendo games. Like, <laughs> you, these are the days, man. I, I things I are so different like, now. I miss actually going to record stores and like 
yeah, music stores and actually like flipping through and just like I, I would spend hours yeah. just flipping through CDs. But and then like you, there'd be like the, there'd be the old like the the dude that worked there that was like, all right, whatever he says, I'll, I'll trust that. <laughs> like, that's uh-huh. all I, I'm, I can't look anything up. Like whatever this guy, if he recommends it, if he, if you're on the fence on something, you just ask the guy. He's like, yeah, that's good. Or like, or and they're like, okay, cool, I'll take it. Kill them all. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, there I had a, I had a few of those in my day. Uh, people that would recommend different releases and stuff to me. But like, it was so fun because like, even if there wasn't anybody there to recommend releases, it was like acknowledging like uh record labels and like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, this band that I like is on nuclear blast. So I bet this, I like this other band or like, I see like, Oh shit, Ross Robinson produced this. I don't like, I'll, I'll check this out. What is slipknot? <laughs> and then it's yeah. like, Oh fuck. Slipknot. Yeah. That was, that was I, that uh, a beautiful time in my life. What is slipknot? And yeah. Then, like, Oh, <laughs> oh, that's Slipknot. Oh, <laughs> I remember the first time I heard the Slipknot album, the first Slipknot album. It was like one of the most rad, intense things I had ever heard. I remember calling my friend Mike. He was on vacation with his family, but I left a voicemail on their house phone. And I was like, dude, I got the CD. <laughs> this band called, this band called Slipknot. Whenever you get home, you have to hear this. That's amazing. I couldn't even imagine doing time is times have changed. Times have changed. Voicemail, living on their answering machine that is for the whole house. That's amazing. Uh Yeah. Now, now you just right click and you're like forward to, and then you like find your friend and you're done. Oh yeah, yeah. Anymore or just share it to anybody who can see it. I mean, that was for me. That was Rage Against the Machine. My brother, my brother bought Evil Empire. He would give me rides home from school. He was four years older. Not too school though, huh? No, yeah, and from it to and from school. (laughs) Um, Now he made me walk. I had to walk along while he drove and taunted me uphill, uphill both ways. I did actually walk to school in elementary school uphill both ways, but that's another story. Um, No, we that was Rage Against Machine was that for me. There was uh, he would give me rides home from school, and I was in seventh grade, and Evil Empire just come out, and he stopped at uh, Ames on our way home. Which we never stopped anywhere. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, hold on. He's like, come in. So we go into Ames and he just walks straight back and goes, gets it. Like, knew what he was looking for. We were in and out. I'm like, what is this? Puts it in and, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then by the time it got to uh, uh, Vietnam, I was just like, completely oh, it was Evil sold. Empire? I didn't know yeah. if it was self titled yeah. Evil Empire. No, Evil no, Empire. it was Evil Empire. And so like, by the time Vietnam came on, I was like, sold. I'm like, he just said the F word. Like, 40 times. <laughs> I've never heard somebody so angry. I didn't know you could be because before that I was listening to like Billy Joel and oh, sure. Celie hey. Dan. I love that shit and I still love it and always will. Funny enough, I still haven't heard anyone ever as angry as Zach DeLaRue. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> he, kinda, he, he hit the ceiling pretty much. But that, yeah, I, and I, that changed, changed the, like the entire course of my life, honestly. Sure. It was just like this, I want that. I want whatever they're doing. Yeah, it's Great energy, great sounding record. Yeah. All the without the rapping, I'm not I'm not a rapper though. <laughs> yeah, but all the other shit, the riffs and the and the rhythms and all that, man. Yeah, no, I love the way that they recorded that album. It's very simple and bare bones. Like you have guitar and bass isolated in their own ears, drum center vocals. It's very simple, stripped mm-hmm. down, but it sounds so fucking full, yeah. so good. 
um, I have like an original pressing of that record, and it's Ooh. the best record that I. It's the best sounding record that I own. Yeah, I own a lot of records. That it. is the best sounding record wow. that I own. I love it, and they they recorded all this stuff like pretty much live track. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously overdubbing in some of the spots, but like I, I heard an interview with Brad Wilk. He said he didn't. Even, he never played to a click track on any like any Rage Against the Machine was none of it was to a click track. Like the first one at Sound City, they were just like. They were trying for a few, I don't know, he said a couple of days and he just couldn't get it. And they're like, all right, fuck it. Just invite invite a bunch of your friends down here. And we're just going to have you guys play a live show, basically, and we're going to record it. And that's what that album is. Like, yeah. their first album. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they did a pretty, a pretty similar thing without, like, the party aspect of it. Because by that point, it was like, okay, you guys are kind of going to run the show now they were like getting you know going to be one of the biggest bands in the world and that record job so they kind of yeah got their shit together yeah but they never did it to click they all live tracked everything and like you said it's like it's all just like his half the time it's like what instrument is this oh it's his guitar still holy shit you know like isn't there even a disclaimer in it it's like at the like all Somewhere noises were like, produced by <laughs> drum it's like yeah. drums vocals bass and there's so many other yeah, so guitar many effects that that you're and like kind of the dj scratch by, yeah. like the dj scratch yeah. well i mean well, he does use allen wrenches and yeah. whammy pedals and all kinds of effects but yeah it's all guitar it's no computers no no anything it's i watched nails klein play slide with a crescent wrench the, the guy from wilco i literally watched him play slide with a crescent wrench and it made me where think did, of Tom where did it come from he just had it on top of his hand. Oh, he, he was like, that's, what, that's his slide. He was or? just like, I don't know what for specifically if it was for that song, but like, yeah, I've seen, I saw him literally like in real life, like 35 feet away. And I didn't even know who Woko was at the time, but I'm like, <laughs> that guy is playing slide with a crescent wrench. And it was kind of like watching Tom Morello whenever you like, you hear those, you hear that song and then you see him actually doing the, you know, like the, the DJ record scratch thing, like on his guitar. And it's like, holy shit. That's real. Like this, this dude's doing this. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, those were definitely like that was awesome to like know that somebody's doing that and it wasn't just yeah some bullshit you know <clears throat> amalgamation of studio tricks to make that happen. Yeah, he's like one of I think like the like most unique innovative guitar players like ever to exist. Honestly, Tom Morello, he's the man. He's a fucking lame now. He's what? He's a lame now. Why? So all the music that he puts out is, sucks. Oh, I, I like, like what? I guess like he's Promise happy with that. He like no, he like put out like a solo record. Oh yeah, I didn't even know he had a. Solo and record. it's like all these like guest musicians and uh, stuff, and it's just like dog shit. Does it have, so it does have bone is pretty crushing. sweet though. Did There's, you listen to Prophecy? No, I didn't listen to yeah, that. that was good. It's pretty. It's pretty much uh, Public Enemy, um, Cypress, uh, Hill. Cypress Hill, and Rage Against okay. the Machine without Zach, Zach De La Roca. It's, yeah, it's pretty sweet. I think that like there's a thing where I totally get it, and I don't mean to talk or throw shade at Tom Barello. Like he <laughs> did a lot of cool stuff, but I get it. It's just like you age, you have money, yeah. Like all that anger is kind of gone, yeah, yeah. and it's just like the bone. There's not necessarily right this like uh, maybe there isn't so much a drive to innovate, but maybe a drive to just kind of write more basic rock songs, and that's yeah. cool. That's cool, but it's just like it's just like not what I want out yeah. of uh. Yeah, when he, when he started playing with, he went on tour like in like with Bruce Springsteen like as his guitar player. Oh yeah, yeah. He was on one of his records or something. I thought that was a little unusual. I didn't, I didn't ever, I didn't listen to it, but 
that I, that did kind of signal. Like, it's just oh, weird. But I mean, like, <laughs> also, it's like, what would be weirder if he was still like, you know, acting like, you know, a 21 year old or whatever, or acting like an adult? It's like, well, you're an adult. I get it. You grow up. Tastes change. Things happen. It's a lot harder to be angsty when you're yeah. you know, 40. Oh, yeah. And a millionaire. Now, you're just bitter at that <laughs> yeah. point. Multiple millionaires. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot harder to be angry. So, February 15th, Cativo, right? Be yes. there, be that, square. That's, that's the deal. That's it. Yeah. Yar. Anything, Free swag. Anything yeah. else coming out that we should know about? Uh, will, the, will the song will be available yeah, online that day as well? On Yeah, it's going to be... I'm not exactly sure. I'm going to try and get it set up so it's going to be on that day. But it might be even earlier. So keep looking out, looking up for like Spotify. You can stuff. schedule days. Yeah, I know. I just haven't gone through the extra time. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you have to? We just got these the songs mastered and on gentlemen. Uh, yeah, We, we just, don't have a management team. I got to do this shit on my own. We, we literally <laughs> finished mastering them on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So, fair Wednesday, enough. Not even Monday. Yeah. so it'll be up. Uh, uh, you know, it'll be on Spotify and uh, iTunes. Cool. And, uh, think cd baby and all that stuff drop drop them social media links yeah. real quick where can people find you uh, uh sck pittsburgh on instagram and twitter facebook's pittsburgh stone pgh stone cold killer uh we got a youtube channel too you can check that out Bandcamp. basically just dumb cell phone videos <laughs> western <laughs> union western union we're just still listed over in um arlington so yeah. you could just send a pony <laughs> send a pony to there no, we do have two big Yins and Roses shows visions. coming up, though. We got one at the Craft House on March 3rd. We're playing with, um, correct me, Nate. Steel City Crew. Steel City Crew, which is no, a sick... No, no, that's... The, we're playing with Say Ah. Yeah, Say Ah. Who's Poison. Poison, Poison who's also and, sick. And Steel City Crew, right? No, that's in July. That's and then we got another one coming up in Jurgles in July, where we're playing with Steel City Crew and uh, Muscle of Love, who's yep. a Curtis's other tribute band he's in. <laughs> All right. It's an Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper, Alice tribute, Alice Cooper band. tribute band that I'm in as well. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm a music whore. So <laughs> what, what am I going to say? Hey, fuck it. And uh, that's going to be it, my friends. And that is all, that's folks. Rap. Thanks so much for being here. Stone Cold Killer. Oh, Thanks, let's, let's cheers. cheers yeah. What a pleasure. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo woo! Thanks for listening, and we are done.